You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's talk a little NFL right now. Joining me on the program, he covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared Dubin joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Jared, great to have you. Appreciate you making time on a on a Sunday night, this these players getting together to work out has been a big topic this week, in part because of the names involved, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson more recently, and Demora Smith kind of firing back saying, we'd rather these guys not do this. Do you think this is something that, given given the so much risk involved with getting this season underway, do you think this is something the league is going to step in on, and should they step in on it? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me back. I appreciate sure. it. Always fun to, to chat. Um, I think the league should step in. Like, you know, they, they put out a mandate to not have these uh, multi-person workouts, and it doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady or Jarrett Stidham. Like, if you, if you can't do it, you can't do it, and they shouldn't be giving special treatment just because, you know, it's Tom Brady and Russell Wilson doing it. Like, they straight up told players not to work out in groups, and they did it. Don't do that. The league should step in 100%. Yeah, and and I and I guess I I don't know what the punishments would be for something like that. I mean, Brady's been <laughs> Brady's been suspended for deflating football, so who knows what, you know, putting people at risk during a pandemic um could be. But what do you think what do you think the NFL is trying most to glean from the other sports as baseball and basketball are obviously much closer to trying to attempt a comeback here? I think the NFL training camp is actually scheduled to start uh, a little bit before oh, yeah. the NBA returns, if I'm uh, yep. remembering You're right. Ju- yeah, J- July 28th is training camp start for the NFL, and the first games the first games will be will be July 30th in the NBA, but they'll be back in the bubble three weeks before that. Right. You know, it's a little different, obviously, for the NBA since they're doing a bubble and they can control things a little bit more than the NFL can when they're going to be at you know 32 different sites and they obviously have significantly bigger rosters and you have guys that are going to be going back and forth from home to the facility to practice wherever they're going to be it's a lot more to handle so i'm not sure how much they could take from the nba just because the logistics of it are so much different i would imagine they will be watching baseball pretty closely though because you know the baseball is they're going to be playing at their home stadiums they're going to be traveling all around the country that's much more in line with what the NFL is planning to do. So they'll at least be able to see how it works for games. Um, For me, I think the NFL is always trying to go full steam ahead and not particularly care about what they should or shouldn't be doing. That's just sort of the way they act is they're going to do whatever they want. And I pretty much expect to see that for the season. Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Jared, just two more questions related to the, uh, the the pandemic as the backdrop here for for um, for NFL football. Um, one is how do you think in terms of we just mentioned football watching baseball and observing baseball's behavior. It was ugly between the two sides, players and owners, from a financial standpoint during that mm-hmm. uh, lead up to Manfred 
mandating the the 60 game season. Do you think we could see something similar in the NFL if we know that uh, the season gets closer and we know there aren't going to be fans in the stands? I I honestly have have no I have no idea either way. I think that they didn't expect there to be 100% capacity for this season at pretty much any point after like the middle of February and certainly not after, you know, the middle of March when we were already like in free agency and things were getting underway. We basically knew at that point that it was going to be very unlikely that we would have full stadiums in the fall. You know, it seems unlikely that some stadiums will have any fans at all. The states that say they will have fans are the states that are currently experiencing coronavirus outbreaks again right now. And that's, you know, a pretty big hint that they should probably not be gathering, you know, 50 to 100,000 people in a stadium in just a couple months' time. So I would say that it's very, very likely that there's not, um, not certainly not full capacity fans. It's pretty likely that in a lot of stadiums you're going to have no fans at all. And I'm not sure how they're going to make up that money, but the salary cap has already been set, and the salaries for this season are already set. I think it's much more likely to affect what goes on next year when it's possible the cap could, you know, it's been going up around $10 million a year for a team. It could stay steady or it could even go down. Yeah. And that, that leads me to my follow-up question is, do you think that that likelihood that that possibility of the cap going down, is that going to put the brakes on any of the big deals that are being worked on? I guess specifically Dak Prescott by July 15th, he needs a deal done if he's going to get one done. And then guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, do you think, do you think those deals slow down now because teams get a little more cautious, not knowing what the cap may look like next year? I would say it's more likely for Mahomes and Watson simply because they do have another year left on their rookie contracts before they even get to the fifth year option. So there's really no harm in waiting Uh, for Prescott. Obviously, if he doesn't get signed long-term now, the likelihood of him not ending up in Dallas long-term raises significantly because they're going to have to franchise him again next year. And uh, the, the even just the three-year cash flow they'll have to do if they're working off of a second franchise tag is just astronomical. And if they're not willing to do it based on the first franchise tag, I would imagine they're not going to be willing to do it based on the second. Um, you know, for me, I don't think it re- it decreases the likelihood that the deal is going to get done. Um I think he's worth the money that they're going to pay him. I think that by the time Mahomes and Watson get paid, they're each going to make more than him. I think Mahomes could lap him by quite a bit. And at that point, like if Mahomes is making five, six million dollars a year more than Dak by the time he signs this deal, you're feeling pretty good about whatever that Dak deal is. If it's 35, even 36 million dollars a year. And to me, you know, quarterbacks are worth so much more than they actually get paid anyway. You know, Russell Wilson's making $35 million a year. He's the highest-paid quarterback in the league. That's like 17% of the cap. I mean, do we think that he's only worth 17% of the Seahawks' ability to win games? Absolutely not. Probably worth like 50 or 60%. And it's the same for most of the good quarterbacks in the league. So to me, even if you pay a guy at the top of the market, right now you're still getting a pretty good bargain. Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio, talking some NFL. Um where do you think the best fits are for Colin Kaepernick? Reports that there are some teams at least doing some investigating on bringing him in right now. Where do you see Colin Kaepernick maybe fitting in the best? A couple possibilities. So I, uh, I actually wrote about this the other day, earlier this week, um, just about the ways that the quarterback position has changed since Kaepernick's been out of the league. I mean, he's been out for three full years, and there are some ways that the league has moved in his direction in some ways that it sort of moved away from him. 
You know, obviously teams are more willing to, you know, have their quarterbacks run, whether that's on design runs or run pass option plays, or even just encouraging them when they scramble to take off downfield as opposed to just buying more time. And that all works in Kaepernick's favor. But, you know, you look at the way that teams have tended to encourage quick passing these days, you know, within, you know, two and a half seconds of the snap or so, Kaepernick was already, you know, way behind the curve in terms of getting rid of the ball quickly. He had, uh, I'm looking at it now, only 42% of his passes released within two and a half seconds of the snap. The league average in the last three years was 53%. So they were doing it about 20% more often uh, than he was. So that's a big difference, and that doesn't necessarily work in his favor. So you got to look for teams that have been forward-thinking in terms of allowing their quarterbacks to run on the side runs, using run-pass option plays, you know, encouraging them to take off downfield uh, when they're scrambling. And I think you got to look, for the most part, for, for teams that have that baked into their offense because if he's given another shot, I mean, it's incredibly likely it's going to be as a, as a backup because, you know, whether or not you believe he's starter quality and it's just not going to happen that some team is going to give him its starting job after three years away from football, even if the reason that he was away wasn't necessarily his fault per se. So you got to be looking at teams, you know, like the Ravens where they have Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin, Trace McSorley, you know, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, you know, the Chargers where they have Tyron Taylor, the Bills where they had Tyron Taylor, and now they have Josh Allen. Uh, you can look at the Cowboys, you know, he would be, obviously they already have Andy Dalton, but if they wanted to use sort of like a gadget player behind Prescott, that would work pretty well with, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, uh, the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And then, you know, teams like the Saints and the Eagles, you know, they have Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts. They're obviously willing to use that kind of a player. That kind of role could suit Kaepernick as well if another team wants to go in that direction. Specifically, you know, you know, a few years ago, anytime the possibility of Kaepernick coming back into the league was brought up, it always had to be prefaced with a team that either – either geographically was in an area that was, you know, pretty liberal thinking or had a coach maybe who, who was, uh, you know, would, would, would either, you know, welcome the distraction air quotes around that that would come with Kaepernick or, you know, from a political standpoint was, 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 you know, cool with what Kaepernick was doing, that kind of thing. Now that Goodell has kind of spoken on this sort of thing, does, does that, is that part, are we able to brush aside that part and just strictly look at the football fits that you were just talking about? I think to a certain extent, yes, because the league itself is not going to put any pressure on any teams to to not sign him. Um, it's still just about the owners. You know, we, we've heard coaches and general managers and the league itself come out in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests that have happened, been happening around the country and in support of players, you know, protesting once they get on the field. We have not heard as much from the NFL owners. I'm, I can't think of any at least off the top of my head that have come out and said, you know, black lives matter or that they support the protests or they support anything that, you know, guys like Kaepernick or Eric Reed or Kenny Stills or any of the other guys that are still in the league, you know, we're speaking up for and trying to draw attention to several years ago. So I think that's still sort of the, the stumbling block there is having an owner that's willing to do it. You know, certainly there are uh, a few owners in the league that tend to have more pro- progressive views, but on the whole, it tends to be, a group that, you know, is not necessarily on the side of the protesters. And I think we saw that a few years ago when Kaepernick himself was protesting. You know, it's obviously possible that some of these owners have sort of, you know, changed their mind and warmed up to it a little bit and 
realized, like a lot of other people have, that, you know, he was not protesting the country or the flag or the national anthem, but, you know, the, the unequal and unfair treatment of black people, and specifically of young black men like himself, you know, it's possible that people have learned that that's what it was actually about and, you know, are more open to the idea. But, I mean, for me, it's got to be the owner. The owner is the one that's going to make that decision more than the coach or the general manager, I think. It's Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com is where you can find his work on the uh, on the NFL. Does a great job uh, covering the NFL. And hopefully we've got some actual football to talk about here in a couple of months. Jared, really appreciate you making time on a Sunday evening and uh, hope to talk to you again down the road. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. All right, there it is. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.